What's up guys, Rick here with a very special off-season video where I'm going to actually create my 2022 one-and-done schedule with every single player right now, before the season starts. This is a really good exercise that I encourage everyone to do. It, it eliminates kind of the recency bias uh, week by week of what's going on. Uh, you can use data to kind of try to figure out the best spots to slot all of these guys in. And if you watched uh, the video that I released earlier in the week about how to win your one and done league with data, I'm going to take that same approach and I'm actually going to plug golfers into every single one of these spots. So highly encourage you to go uh, watch that video as well. And uh, everything that I use will essentially be from my website, rickrungood.com. Go sign up for a subscription. I love it. You'll love it. Lots of great new changes coming for the 2020 year. But otherwise, I guess let's jump into this. I have no idea how long this is going to take. I've never really done this on camera before. So bear with me. This is something I've, I've done essentially every year. Um, and, and quite often, the season-long one-and-done lineup that I make, and I say lineup meaning all of the events, right? One-and-done results. Um that has ended up oftentimes being better than the one that I choose my player week weekly because I'm not worried about recency bias or what I think everybody else in the industry is going to be doing. I'm not worried about any of that. I'm just putting the best players in the best spot, spots that I think that they should be in. Um, so what you're looking at right now, if you're watching on YouTube, is uh, a very, very simple Google Doc spreadsheet. All I've done is I've listed out each tournament, its date, and its purse. Uh, and I have sorted by the highest purses first because that's how we are going to, um, we're going to start. We're going to start with the most valuable tournaments, make sure that we get uh, good golfers into all of, our, all of our big purse events, and then we're going to work our way down. And then I also just have the top 50 in the official World Golf Rankings uh, just so I don't miss anybody, right? This is kind of the one flaw that I know people get into, um, especially as they are going week by week, is they forget to use people. They save them till the end, and then they've got five of the top 10 players in the world left. They're $3 million behind, and they never gave themselves an opportunity to kind of catch up. So uh, by listing out the top 50 in the world, I've at least given myself a, a really good list of golfers to use. Will there be someone who is currently outside the top 50 that you should probably end up using in your one and done? Yeah, sure, it's possible. Uh, but for this exercise, that's what I'm going to roll with. Uh, additionally, I've made a couple of assumptions. Uh, the assumptions that I've made are that uh, your one and done will run from the Sony Open to the BMW Championship. That is generally the uh, stock standard one and done schedule. Um, and, and my other assumption is that we're going just on dollar earnings like your standard one and done would be. Uh, any other assumptions that I've made here? I don't think so. I think that's basically it. The other thing that I've done is you'll see uh, six different events highlighted, uh, three of them in red and three of them in green. The reason that I did that, if you go back and watch the previous one and done video, you will learn that there are, uh, there's this strategy that I employ, which essentially looks at the top five players in the betting odds every single week. Um, and with that information, that's kind of a, a good foundation and a good starting point because one of those five players is generally the best guy to pick. However, there are some events that are more volatile than others um, where historically 
being in the top five of the betting odds at certain events hasn't always been strongly correlated to success, whether that is because it's a difficult event, whether that is because it is a course with high volatility. I always think Torrey Pines is a really good example of this. Torrey Pines is a course where you get a, a similarly uh, strong field every single year, and you will see some guys, some of the best players in the world, Xander Shoffley, with multiple missed cuts, and then a second place finish. You'll see a guy win, miss two cuts in a row, and then finish third. It's a it's a very volatile course, um, and and a, and a tournament where, you know, you're one or two bad holes away from missing the cut, and that that leads to kind of a bloodbath, and it leads to a lot of the top players more frequently missing the cut. So um, the the three events that uh, I have highlighted here as not great events for the top five players um, would be. The PGA Championship has tended to be a bit volatile. The Rocket Mortgage Classic, the Wyndham Championship, and the John Deere. So I guess that's actually four events and then the three good ones. The three ones that we want to make sure that we are getting a top five player in the betting odds, U.S. Open, Open Championship, Travelers Championship. Those are the three we're going to make sure we absolutely get a top five player in. The other thing is uh, we will use the uh, futures, the future odds that are already out for the major championships, but we're going to start with the Players' Championship. This is the event that now will carry a $20 million purse. Uh, that is by far the largest on the PGA Tour. To put that into perspective, the next closest event, the U.S. Open, about $12.5 million. So you're talking... 20 that's seven and a half million more that is like taking the purse for the u.s open and the 3m open putting them together that's your players championship purse it's it's really wild stuff so we're gonna start there now justin thomas when he won this last year uh got 2.7 million you imagine that is going to be much higher this time around we'll probably break through the three million dollar mark so uh where do we start with the Players' Championship? Again, I've never done this before. So uh, everyone's going to play the players. We're going to have uh, the best players in the world there. We're going to have just an absolutely stacked field. So I- I'm just going to start going into this. And again, I- I've-, I've never done this before on, on video. Um, I'm just going to go straight to rickrungood.com. I'm going to probably live here in the Holy Grail because this will allow me to do any type of sorting any type of filtering that I that I want here. Um, so the good thing that we have about the Players' Championship is that every year it is played at TPC Sawgrass. So I can very simply just sort by Sawgrass results, and I really just want to look for studs who have played, ideally, a lot at TPC Sawgrass and have played well. Um, so first, out of the gate, uh, a minimum of 12 rounds. Bryson DeChambeau, 1.96 strokes gained per round. That's a 37th, a 20th, and a 30th. Abraham Answer, he only has eight rounds. I'll probably pass over him. Justin Thomas, our defending champion, 1.7 strokes gained per round. That's his win. A third and two more top 25s. So JT could be a viable option here as we continue to look through this list. As I continue to scroll through, I see Lee Westwood. I see Hideki Matsuyama. I see Adam Scott. I see Jason Day. These are golfers. Sergio Garcia. These are golfers that I do not expect to be inside the top 10 at or inside the top five of the betting odds at the Players' Championship. I stumble upon Rory McIlroy. Now, he's certainly going to be near the top five in the betting odds. He's played 32 rounds. He's won it. He has three more top 10 finishes, as you can see here. He does have a couple of missed cuts. That's, that is a little bit concerning. Uh, but Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, seeming to be our 
front runners here. Brooks Kepka as well. Xander and Brooks as well. Um, there's a chance that both of these guys could be in the top five of the betting odds. Kepka's Kepka has a bunch of okay finishes. Uh, in fact, no top tens, but four made cuts. Xander has one really good finish, a runner-up, and two missed cuts. So I'll probably rule those guys out. So I've narrowed it down to Rory and JT. And I think that's obviously a great place to start. Um, are there other places that I would rather play either one of these guys? And maybe I shouldn't even be asking myself that question because this is the player's championship. It's $20 million. If they're the best play, they're the best play. But just for kicks, let's let's see where other places are that we could play uh, Rory and JT. So if you go to uh, the results tab of the Holy Grail, uh, what you can actually do is this is broken down by course, uh, but similar thing. What you can do is you can type in Justin Thomas and see his results and average position uh, at every single course. And we'll have to put a couple of these together and kind of see. Well, JT, in his six starts at East Lake, has an average finish of fourth. Now, remember, that's only a 30-person field, so we can kind of throw that one out. Uh, really good results at Club de Golf Chapultepec. That's the WGC uh, Mexico. That is not on the schedule, so we can throw that out. Uh, TPC Kuala Lumpur, Lumpur, also not on the schedule, so we can throw that out. Um, the Plantation Course, Tournament of Champions, again, only like a 30, 35 person field, and that's not in our that's not in our schedule. We can throw that one out. How about we do this the opposite way, where he's played a lot? Because I want to see him at. Okay, so here he is at Sawgrass. 24th average position, which is, okay, so this is interesting because I thought the other option could have been Y-Live, Sony Open, although the purse probably not big enough for a guy like Justin Thomas. You can see uh, JT has played Y-Live six times and Sawgrass six times. His average finish at Y-Live, 39th. His average finish at TPC Sawgrass, 24th. So really good sign there. Let's check out Rory. I don't know if this is going to take an hour, two hours, or 15 minutes. I don't know how long this is going to take, but let's see. All right. Um, Okay. So Rory jumps off the bat at Quail Hollow. 15th average finishing position at Quail Hollow in 11 starts. That is significantly better than his history at TPC Sawgrass. Now, if we look at at the Wells Fargo, um, that is going to be pretty, well, not too far down. That is the, let's see. 13th biggest purse. So do we want to use Rory at that event? It's possible. Let's just go back and see. TPC Boston. I do not believe TPC Boston is on the schedule this year. They rotate that one. No, not on the schedule this year. So no TPC Boston this time. East Lake, okay. Bay Hill. Okay, so this is interesting. So Bay Hill an average finishing position of 10.5 for Rory in his six starts. Hasn't won there. That's a pretty decent sign. And he's certainly going to play Bay Hill. And API, that's a $10.5 million purse. So I, I think needless to say, we can plug Justin Thomas in. And again, I don't love just grabbing the defending champion. I don't love that. But JT's played well at Sawgrass outside of the victory. This seems to be the best spot for him. Rory, we can use in different places. I'm going to go ahead and plug in Justin Thomas as our leading the way, uh, top-notch player for the Players' Championship. And that might change. That might change as we go through and start to shuffle through these. Next up, the U.S. Open. That's at Brookline. That's a green event. We want a top-five player in the betting odds. Good news is we already have futures. So let's go over to Caesars. 
and we can look at, uh, let's see, U.S. Open. Here are the top five in the betting odds. Rom, Rory, DJ, Brooks, and then you can throw in Morikawa and DeChambeau together because they're both 16 to 1. We're going to be picking one of those guys. Um, let's look at these guys' history in U.S. Opens. So what I've done here in the Holy Grail is I've only loaded in those six golfers. I've plugged in the U.S. Open as the tournament, and I'm looking at the results. Obviously, Brooks Kepka stands alone here. 2.8 strokes gained per round, two wins, a runner-up finish, two more fourths. I think if you're going to be using Brooks, uh, you have to use him at a major championship just because of, of everything that he has proven over his major championship career. In fact, if you go and look at Brooks in all of his majors, not just the U.S. Open, um, actually, I can just do that. I'll just do it for you. So I'll do Open Championship. I'll do the um, Masters and the PGA. And what you will find is... Uh, Believe it or not, actually, this is quite interesting. Morikawa has been better. He's only played 26 rounds. He's played a fourth of the rounds. Uh, but Brooks is the only other golfer over 2.1 strokes gained per round. He's been phenomenal. I think this is this is pretty clear. We can plug Brooks in here. The only other consideration would be, um, is there another major we would want to play Brooks? Well, we know it's not the PGA Championship, which is kind of crazy to say, but that has not been great for top five betting odds golfers. Um, is it the Open Championship? That's also a massive purse. I think I think we can say with pretty good confidence it's the U.S. Open. It'll be the most difficult. Um, it'll be the most difficult major, and that is where you would hope Brooks Kepka shines the most. So we're going to put Brooks in for the U.S. Open. We've got JT and we've got Brooks right out of the gate. I think this is a pretty good start. PGA Championship. This is one that's kind of interesting. So this is one that we can go a little bit further off the beaten path here because um, this is historically not necessarily been a great event for the top five players in the betting odds. Obviously, the course rotation, the course rotating, uh, so many different players. It's a very, very large field. We've seen guys like Keegan Bradley, Jason Duffner win. You can get some longer shot winners. So we can go a little bit further down the board here. So we can start to look at the betting odds for uh, for the PGA Championship, and we can kind of go into that next layer of golfer, um, whether it is Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantlay, Hideki Matsuyama, Daniel Berger, Patrick Reed. These are the types of golfers that I would be comfortable going with, even like a Scotty Scheffler, a Terrell Hatton, a Webb Simpson. We could consider getting... Um, this is probably going to give us a little bit of leverage on the field if this is the event that we are... Um, not using a big name, right? Most people use the big names for uh, the for uh, you know the the major championships. If we use kind of a second tier name, this is going to give us a really good opportunity to kind of be uh, a, a bit different and gain some leverage on the field. So, based on the betting odds and based on kind of what we've seen, I, I think I'm comfortable putting Scotty Scheffler here. He's played two PGA Championships before. Uh, a fourth place finish and an eighth place finish. Now I know, of course, they change courses and all that good stuff. But you're gonna have a similar level of, um, you know, pressure. You're gonna have a similar strength of field. If you are a buyer, that Scotty Scheffler is going to kind of grow this this upcoming year. This would be a really good spot to plug him in, and he's just outside kind of that top five, top ten in betting odds. I think this makes a lot of sense. WGC Dell Technologies match play. This is um, 
This is, to me, maybe the most interesting event on the, on the schedule. Because not only does it share the $11.5 million price tag, but it's now the only WGC left, right? They've, they've done away with the other WGCs. So we've got a big purse here, but what we also have is a totally random event, right? Just completely random. Um, I, it is so hard. The top players rarely win this thing. Uh, you know, Billy Horschel as a victor. It's just, it's so hard for even the top seed to come out of his own pod, let alone go on to win this. So here, you could convince me of basically anyone. You could be creative here. You can use someone. I would probably go fairly far down the list here. I would probably look for someone with at least some decent match play experience. What, what do we come up with here? So here's the Holy Grail with average finishing position for every player in the match play, but only the match play that's been played at Austin Country Club. Maybe that's going too deep. I could erase that. Uh, but a couple of names pop up. You know, Alex Norin, average finishing position, 8.3 in three starts. Ian Poulter, Matt Kuchar. Um, I think I'm going to go with Sergio here. You know, Sergio is arguably, this might not even be argue, arguably anymore, I mean, he's like the most seasoned match play player on the planet, right? Between all the Ryder Cups, all the match plays, has anybody played more match play events than Sergio has? Uh, and he's been really good in this format at Austin Country Club. Last three years, fifth, fifth, ninth, um, which means he's gotten out of his pod in each of the last three years. So, uh, and 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 when I look at it, I, I'm not like super excited to probably play Sergio in too many other places. So I'm going to go with Sergio Garcia for the WGC match play. So the next two we can actually kind of fly through. This is the Masters and the Open Championship. We're going to pick someone who's in the top five of the betting odds. And um, realistically, there's not a huge difference between those five guys. So let's just find guys that fit for us. So if we go back to Caesars and look at the betting odds for the Masters, uh, which is here, similar names. Rom, Spieth, Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy. Um, so 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 Rom is interesting because he's going to be the favorite. Uh, Spieth is interesting because of obviously the great history. However, you could play Spieth literally anyway. I mean, Spieth is going to play a couple of those Texas events where he's going to be the favorite. Maybe you play him there. Uh, we've already used Justin Thomas, so we can't do that unless we want to mix it up. Um, I, I do think if you're willing to embrace a lot of volatility, I do not mind Bryson here. I do not mind Bryson at all. The idea of him really, uh, I believe that a lot of his game is trying to be optimized towards Augusta National. And if you wanted to be frisky, you could play Bryson. Where else could we play Bryson? Um, you, you probably want him somewhere like maybe the Memorial. What's Bryson done? Let's check Bryson's historic results. I mean, Bay, going back to Bay Hill, could you could you do that with Bryson? Let's let's um, let's look up Bryson real quick because I don't mind taking a little flyer here because you also have to remember that um, the Masters is the one event that people will have someone saved for, like all season long. They will have someone saved for. You could play Bryson at Travelers, although that kind of goes against the data a little bit. Um, he's never won there, but he's had a bunch of really good finishes, a bunch of top twenties. 
Bay Hill. Where else has he had some decent success? Yeah, Muirfield for the for the Memorial. I wouldn't mind that, especially if it plays pretty hard. Let me think about this here for a second. So I like being a little bit different here. Um, let's do... Let's do... Uh, we'll save Spieth. Spieth is going to be used so many different places, right? Let, let, or so, so by so many people at the Masters. Let's do Bryson. We'll do Bryson at the Masters with the understanding that we are being a little bit different here and we're embracing a lot of this uh, volatility, but I think, or, or a lot of the, I don't want to say that. We're, we're trying to get leverage on the field here. And I think uh, the Masters is the best place to get leverage because it's it's the most public event on planet Earth. Um, the Open Championship. So I can just go back to the odds here and we can start fill, filling this in. Uh, where are you, Open Championship? Here we go. Same guys. Anybody new pop in here? Rory, Spieth, McElroy, DJ, Kepka, DeChambeau. Okay, so we could plug Spieth in here, right? That could be, that could be the play, right? You get a, you get Spieth uh, getting to be creative at an Open Championship. You get Bryson at the Masters. You probably have leverage on both of those guys uh, in the. Uh, maybe not so much on Jordan, but that's that's a pretty good start to me. Now, this is the part. Okay, so now that we're like kind of through. Um, some of the bigger, bigger events, and there's still a couple with $11.5 million purses. This is where we got to start, you know, kind of emptying the clip. We don't want to be stuck with Morikawa at the 3M Open or something crazy like that, right? So here's where we're going to start to, to empty the clip a little bit. Um, let's look at TPC Southwind and see if we can get either Morikawa in there, Cantlay in there. Let's see who has been good or good enough for us to care about at TPC Southwind, and they're probably going to be, you know, one of the favorites in here. So we know Berger, but he's not going to be one of them. Uh, you know, we could do DJ. DJ was Berger before Berger, right, at TPC Southwind. Two wins. I mean, he's never finished worse than 24th in eight trips. All right, let's just plug in DJ. If he plays, he's definitely going to be one of the top five betting odds. So we've got DJ in there, the third best player in the world. No problem there. Most people will try to be, or some people will try to be tricky and, uh, and go with Burger there. BMW Championship. Now, this year, that's Wilmington Country Club. We've never seen it before. So, I, like, where am I going to play John Rahm, first of all? Have I, have I just omitted John Rahm on the eight, the seven or eight biggest events of the year? We could play Rahm here. We could play Rahm. And we could play Morikawa at Genesis. Let me see this real quick. Um, so what's interesting, and I watched this in person, which in, what's interesting about Morikawa is he, whatever his results are um, at the Genesis, he's actually been better than that. Let's see what they are. 46, 43rd and 26th. Okay, the 26th one he was... I mean, look at this. He lost seven and a half strokes putting at the Genesis and still finished T43. No, okay. I I'm comfortable doing this. So, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to roll out Rom at the BMW. Big old person. He should be rocking and rolling by then. Morikawa at the Genesis. All right, so now we're, we're, we're emptying the clip. This is what you got to do. We're emptying the clip here. API and the Memorial. So these are going to get good fields. They're the last of the. Uh, these are the last two events that are over ten million dollars uh, in the purse. 
So we got to get some good guys here. Uh, I still have Xander. I still have Cantley. I still have Rory. Where am I going to play Rory? I still have Victor. I still have, I, I mean, I, okay. I'm about to run through these guys pretty quickly here. So um, we could just play, let's plug Rory at, at the Wells Fargo. And the reason I like that is we saw the history. He's been phenomenal there. Not using Rory at a major will make you different. Uh, it's still a $9 million purse. This might be a mistake. I'm, I'm not afraid of it. So that leaves us with really having to use Xander, Cantlay, and Victor. Those are the three I really need to get into some of these bigger events, in my opinion. Uh, API Memorial. Let's look at those two. So I'm going to take Xander, Cantlay, and Victor. I'm going to throw them into the Holy Grail. Xander, Cantlay, whoops, spell his name right. And Victor, and we will look at them for uh, the memorial. Now, I, I kind of know what we're going to find here. Yeah, so Cantlay's got two wins. That's obviously helpful. Um, Xander's gone three straight top 15s, and, and Victor has two top 50 finishes, 47th and 48th. So we can probably rule out Victor there. Do you want to go with Cantlay, where everybody will use Cantlay, or try to get Xander, who has been a staple of consistency and try to get him on the upswing, right? That's kind of a, a lot of people will just roll out the defending champion. I've already done it. I think once or twice, I'm not super stoked about always doing that. So let's, let's try to find uh, Xander at the Memorial that like, that'll be our little bit of a differentiator. He's played really well there. I'm happy to go with that. Now that leaves us with the API with the Arnold Palmer invitational. Can I get um, either can't lay or Victor into that spot. Well, Cantley's never Cantley's never played the API. Is that right? Seemingly, yes. Um, okay. Now Victor's played here three times. All finishes in the 40s. Do I want to get Victor at a better spot? What would be the best spot for Victor outside of Mayakoba, which is not in our that's not in our list. It's not in it. I mean. Bay Hill is honestly, oh no, that's sorry. I had it sorted differently. Detroit. We could play Victor at Detroit, Rocket Mortgage, and see if he just puts the lights out. Average finish there, 12.5 in two trips. I have that available for him. Tory. Oh, I love that, don't I? That's a duplicate because it's north and south. It's broken up by cores. But T2, the last time he went to Tory. I might like that. So if we do, so Cantlay might not play API. That's the other issue. We're trying. We're also guessing on players' schedules, right? And we're kind of using past history to to try to lead that. All right. So I'll go. Um, but then where am I going to play? Where do I play Cantlay then? That's that's the issue here. Okay, so this, uh, I don't know if he's going to play it, but he's played it well recently. We could plug Cantlay into Pebble Beach, which feels like a waste of Cantlay, doesn't it? If I knew he was going to play the API, I would just play him there. But I don't know that for sure. Then if I plugged Victor into 
farmers. That would make sense. I would. I worry about kind of not using these guys in big enough purses, but I got to find good spots for them and places that they're going to play. So that leaves us with a pretty sizable gap for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And I've used all the top nine players in the world and Jordan Spieth, who's 11. I've used Kepka, who's 16, Scotty Scheffler, who's 19. So my best player available is Louis Oosthuizen, and I still have Answer, Finau, English, Hideki. So let's go look at Arnold Palmer uh, because we're going to have to find somebody to play what is a pretty darn good, darn good purse. So let's, let's, let's do this real quick. So Arnold Palmer, open this up to everybody and find one of these guys that we haven't used yet. Can I sort by Matt Fitzpatrick has four consecutive top 13 finishes. Do I want to use Fitzpatrick there? Hatton was a winner. And as another fourth place finish, he's played well. Some of these guys I've already used. Xander, I've already used. I've not used Berger yet. Berger hasn't been great. Finau, even worse than Berger. Wow. So I'm kind of in a bit of a pickle here. So this is, this is why this is such a great exercise. I think maybe we have to go with Matt Fitzpatrick here. Last four trips, 10th, 9th, 2nd, 13th, 27th the year before that. I think we have to go with him. I don't, I don't like anything else here. So we're going to go with Matt Fitzpatrick at API, which feels like a little bit of a reach, but we're going to do it. Uh, so let's do that. Uh, okay, so now we start to get into some of these events where um, we can just kind of grab as much upside as possible. Or, or we can kind of go through and look for specialists. So let's, let's not be – let's do this. We can do um, web at Wyndham, right? There's just like – I shouldn't even overthink that, right? We'll just plug Webb at Wyndham. Guy rolls out of bed, finishes second there. Okay, so we'll do uh, Webb at Wyndham. Uh, another one that has a, a usually a very strong, similar field with good course history is, is Phoenix. So let's... Um, let's find somebody to play at Phoenix. Oh, could we play Louis there? So Louis played there twice. Now, he doesn't play it every year, so there's a chance he doesn't play. But he's played it twice. 2017, he was third. 2021, he was 11th. Is he going to come back? Uh, Hideki is an option here, right? Hideki has the two wins, a runner-up, a fourth, has played well recently. He's going to be popular there. Louis would kind of be a, a, a bit of a contrarian option. Bubba's been great, too. That's a lot of rounds. I'm pretty optimistic on Bubba this year. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, all right, let's go Louie. And, and if he doesn't play, we'll have to we'll have to kind of change this. But I don't I don't mind that. Let's get let's get Louie in that spot. Where else is gonna have a good okay, like RBC Heritage. That's generally a pretty strong correlated event as well. So let's see what we have here. Um, in lots of rounds. Oh, I could have played Cantlay there, but is that giving up too much of a purse? Third, seventh, third, and then a missed cut. Could have played Webb there. No problem with that, but we've used him. Answers played 10 rounds, a second and an 18th in his two most recent trips. That's a course that really doesn't, you don't have to be long. Let's do it. Let's go Abe Answer. It's good course fit, good enough course history. Answer at the Heritage. He's in. So we have now used uh, all the top 12 players. We have Tony Finau hanging, 
Harris English hanging, Hideki Matsuyama, Berger, Burns, uh, and Kokrak. Those are our top 20 players that we'll eventually use here. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other event that really... Some of these are going to be tough. Like, we don't know who's going to play the Puerto Rico Open, right? Like, it might be Emil- like Emiliano Grillo might be the favorite to win the Puerto Rico Open. Same with Punta Cana and Barbasol and Barracuda. Uh, the first year of the Genesis Scottish Open, no idea. Like, I'm just going to plug, plug um, Robert... Like, let's just plug Robert McIntyre in there. I assume he's going to play it, right? Um, I, I don't... I don't even... Ha- he's not even a top McIntyre. He spells it weird like this, I think. He's not even a top... Uh, 50 player, we're going to plug in Robert McIntyre. I'll add him to the list. Uh, and we'll cross his name out so I don't forget. But that that's a pretty pretty decent spot. And I assume he's going to play. And we don't know anything about the course. I don't even think we have a course yet, do we? Let me see. Oh, we do. Renaissance Club. We do. We do. Um, we'll just plug Robert McIntyre into that. That's certainly subject to change. Honda, that's usually an event with a pretty good, strong set of golfers that we kind of see year over year. Fleetwood, eight rounds, fourth and third. JT, Sungjae, I could play Sungjae in that spot. 51st, first and eighth. Do we just roll back to Sungjae? Not technically the defending champion, which is good. Let's roll back to Sungjae. Sungjae gets Honda. He's 26th. And some of these guys we might not end up playing, like Cam Smith we might not end up playing, Billy Horschel we might not end up playing. Tough to say. Um, I'm trying to just think of what other... Sony is generally pretty strong. Similar players that we get. Let's see. Rose, are we going to play Rose this year? Probably not. Kucher, okay, Connors. So Connors is really interesting. Because Connors you could play... Valero, right? You could play... Um, you, I like Connors in a lot of spots, but here's the thing about Corey Connors. Something about those Y-Lie greens. The, the flaw for Corey Connors is the putter has never lost strokes putting at Y-Lie. We're gonna, let's plug him in. 39th, 3rd, and 12th. Let's, let's plug Corey Connors in for Y-Lie and assume he's going to be there. All right, so now we've got a handful of spots left. The ones at the bottom are going to be nearly impossible. Um, and I don't want to miss out. Okay, so here, let's let's like bold guys I don't want to miss out on using. Finau, Hideki, Burns, probably Berger. And that's really maybe Zalatoris and Homa. But like if I don't use any of these other guys, I don't think I care all that much. But I think I've got to get these four in. Maybe even Kokrak. Finau, Hideki, Berger, Burns, and Kokrak. Where can we deploy that? So I think the logical answer is Finau at Byron Nelson. Okay, yeah. He's played here three times. 15, 16, 17, 10th, 11th, and 13th. Yeah, okay. So again, I don't know if he's going to play it. I guess that would be... The concern there, but um doesn't really matter. We gotta plug him in. So if if he if he if he doesn't, we'll we'll have to we'll have to figure this out later. So Finau, okay, he's in. Now that leaves us with Hideki. Now, unfortunately for Hideki, a couple of the really good spots are not on the schedule, right? Zozo, obviously a great spot for him. Um, like Shriners has been great to him, right? Um like they're not on the schedule. We've already plugged in 
uh, somebody else for waste management. We've plugged in Louie there. I could move Louie out and put Hideki in. Is that something I really want to do? Maybe not. I could actually also then get Burger into Pebble and move Cantlay somewhere else. But where am I going to move Cantlay to? I, I feel under-repped on Cantlay. I, I, I feel like I've underutilized him. Um, which maybe when you go to do this, you will find a better a better combination. But that does, you know, I you know what I could do? Is this panicking? Am I panicking right now? The I could move Cantlay to match play. So Cantlay did not make it out of his group last year, but was stone cold. He is so hard. He's so tough in match play. He actually had like so he was two and zero going into day three. I think he lost his third match, went to a tiebreaker, lost that. It was like pretty un, pretty rare for him to not get out of his group. I think it would have been pretty hard for him to not get out of his group, like with the way it shook out. I could move him to match play. He's, he'd be so hard in match play. Am I panicking? Where else could I put Sergio then? And that goes against the idea that I want to use kind of a random person. Man, I'm, I'm in a full panic right now. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So I'm going to go can't lay into match play, which gives me burger into pro-am, which is not super great because I'm using uh, the defending champion, but uh, he's been great at Pebble Beach. And from what I can already tell, it's going to be a very, very weak field. He might be by far the best player there. He might be the favorite to win that event. That gives me Sergio back. So Sergio, I believe, uh, not that I have to use Sergio, but let's look at Valero because I feel like off the top of my head, and I've got a lot of names, I've got a lot of histories floating around in my brain right now. I feel like Sergio's been great at Valero, but I might be making that up. Let's just actually find that out. Six rounds, no, a cut and a 45th. So I'm making that up. So, okay, where else can we go with Valero then? Well, Charlie Hoffman has been phenomenal. Obviously, a couple runner-ups, a win, a bunch of top 20s. Do we want to go that route? Connors we've already used. Spieth, this is where you could use Spieth if you didn't want to use him at a major. Uh, let's see who else we have. Ryan Palmer. Two missed cuts recently, but outside of that, he's been great. So, would we use Charlie Hoffman here? Is there a reason to, uh, I could play Cam Smith. So Cam Smith finished T6. Well, he's only played it once. I don't know if he's going to play it again. That's kind of the concern here. Let me keep thinking. So what I think I could do is this. Um, I could plug Burns into Valero, which he doesn't have a great history, but I feel like we could all agree that uh, he will likely be one of the favorites there, especially if he continues on this trajectory that I believe he is on and he's a different player than he was even 18 months ago. I could play Burns at Valero. The Canadian Open is going to be tough because they're going back to St. George's and they haven't played there in like 11 years. I think 2010 was the last time. So without knowing who's going or what the course is really going to play like this time around, I think you just plug someone like Harris English. Just might be super solid. Harris English might win twice again this year. Who knows what you're going to get. I can plug Harris English in there. Uh, So that leaves me with Sergio if I want to use him. Uh, But Hideki and Kokrak is the only other two that I kind of feel like I need to use. Kokrak, I could probably run out. um, Could probably run him back out of Charles Schwab. Let me see. 
it would be another defending champion, but at least it makes sense. And I have him available and I want to make sure I use him. He finished third uh, the year before he won. Yeah, I think we're just going to have to, because it's not just that one-off victory, right? He's, 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 he's played well. So that seems like a no-brainer to run out Kokrak at the Charles Schwab. And that really just leaves me with having to find a spot for Hideki. And then after that, I can kind of just fire this up any, any kind of way that I want here. So where do we play Hideki? He's probably not going to play Zurich, right? He is he going to, he's unlikely to probably play. He's got a good history at, 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 um, again, I'm going through so many players so quick. I might just be completely making all of this up. That's why I'm going to use the database and actually look into this. Has he played Travelers? He hasn't even played it. Why do I think he had a good course history there? Um, where could we play you, Hideki Matsuyama? Rocket Mortgage, he withdrew last year, 21st the year before. His schedule's kind of interesting, so I got to kind of find a good spot for him. You know, he played, so I wonder if he'll play Mexico. It's not a WGC. It's now called the Mexico Championship. He used to play it when it was the WGC. It's not a huge purse, but maybe he likes going to Mexico. That's tough. All right, so what I might do then is say Hideki gets Mexico, and he might not play that. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. Now, Zurich is interesting because the, the standard one and done would be that you choose one guy and you get access to his partner. So that would be, so your most obvious, obvious ones here are Ryan Palmer, who is certainly likely to play with John Rahm again. So you get access to John Rahm a second time or Billy Horschel and you get access to Sam Burns again and they played well together last time, assuming they're going to stay the same. Or this might be the spot you roll out Cam Smith. It would be another defending champion. But hey, this might be the only spot that you get to play him. I'm probably, do I want, I guess, I mean, don't be stupid, Rick, right? Well, actually, no, I'm going to go with Billy Horschel because Horschel's been way better than Palmer's been. And Rahm has been obviously phenomenal. And Burns has been excellent. So let's go Billy Horschel here and hope that he plays with Sam Burns again. Um, Travelers, that's actually, I could use Sergio there. He's played well a couple times. Here he is, runner-up, uh, 25th and 32nd. Hasn't played it every year, so we'll keep an eye on that. But that actually makes a lot of sense. So now we've just got, okay, and then what do we do? So like, let's go to the bottom here and knock these out. I don't know what we're going to do with Puerto Rico, Punta Cana, Barbasol, and Barracuda. Because even if you've won this event in the past, like when Victor won Puerto Rico, he didn't play it the next year because it's an alternate field event. You went and played something else. So I don't even know who's going to be in this field. But generally speaking, um, your Emiliano Grillos, your Cameron Tringales, your... Maybe even Seamus Power, although Power won Barbasol. He's probably not going to go back to Barbasol, but maybe he goes to Puerto Rico or Punta Cana. Those are the types of golfers that we're looking for. Okay, so just for kicks, I put in Maverick McNeely for the Puerto Rico Open, Mackenzie Hughes for Punta Cana, Mito Pereira for Barbasol, Emiliano Grillo for Barracuda. None of these guys might play. You might want to swap them. I don't think it really matters. They are by far the three smallest purses, 3.7 million bucks a piece. 
if they play, they're likely to be part of the favorites, um, and they have played them before, or they've played some of these off events before. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm happy to go that route. Um, so that leaves us with just a couple of events to go. The American Express is a very unique event. Let's look up um, that one. And I guess I could have played Cantlay there, but who knows if he even plays it this time around. But the American Express, a, a very unique event. Uh, Adam Hadwin has had, had a lot of success around here. Probably don't want to play Adam Hadwin in, of the 37 golfers that I need to play. Phil Mickelson, you could argue, although he is at the most volatile point in his career, Russell Knox has played well. Ricky Fowler, but what are we going to get from Ricky? Okay, interesting. Taylor Gooch, who just won, right? Gooch, now a winner, has played well at this event, 4th, 17th, and 21st. No surprise. This would be this is the best version of Taylor Gooch we've ever had. Uh, let's, let's go Gooch. Let's go Gooch into the American Express. Very comfortable with that. We'll do Rocket Mortgage next. Um, if you're feeling really frisky, you could go with Matthew Wolf, right? Matthew Wolf has has, has played great at this event. Um, Cameron Tringale has played it 12, 12 rounds, 5th, 30th, and 14th. Hatton could be interesting. Did he play it last year? He played it two years ago. Is he going to play it again? Joaquin Neiman? Wow, Neiman's played at fifth and second. I think we have to go with Neiman. So we might end up not playing Terrell Hatton. Are we comfortable with that? Probably, right? We're probably okay with that. Okay, Valspar. Uh, ooh, Victor number one. Victor more than Tiger Woods. Oh, love that. Um, oh, wow, should we have Tiger in one of these? <laughs> Seen the swings. Should I have Tiger saved for somewhere? Uh, of the guys we haven't used, Bubba, I, I, again, I don't know what to expect from Bubba this year, but he's popped up a couple times and I've kind of just scrolled over him. Maybe this is an opportunity to roll him out. Paul Casey at Valspar, that makes a lot of sense. First, first, 21st. Yeah, I think we got to go Casey here. We got to go Casey. No, no, um, no overthinking it. Got to go Casey. 3M open. Would you roll Matthew Wolf out? Are you frisky enough to roll out Matthew Wolf? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, again, these are small. These are events that you know most guys have only played a handful of times. Wolf's played it three times. Win 12th, 39th. It's probably the best we're going to find, at least from that many rounds. Tringale would be up there. Tringale would be the safer option compared to Wolf. But I'll tell you what. Let's 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 buy in on Wolf. Had a really good fall. Let's do it. We'll roll, we'll roll Matthew Wolf out there, with, which leaves us with just the John Deere Classic. I believe that's the last one we have. And oof, Zach Johnson, Russell Henley, Steve Stricker. I mean, Henley? Would we want to play Henley? Second, 11th, and 27th? Adam Shank? Kevin Na? Do we need to play those guys? That's kind of the big question here. Burger we've already used. We could have used Burger here. Man, this is actually tough. So who do I have left then? Has Reed, uh, I don't think Reed's, has he played the John Deere? He had to have, right? He plays everywhere. Seventh and a missed cut, but he hasn't played since 2013. Homa? 
It's a shame I'm not going to use Homa, right? And I did use Paul Casey. Someone's going to be like, Rick, don't click that button every single time to do that. There's this keyboard shortcut. <laughs> um, man, the last spot's kind of tough. I guess as it should be, right? Was Sergio in here? Sergio doesn't play John Deere, does he? No, he doesn't. Oh, boy. Um, all right, hold on. Let's think about this. This is our last spot here. This is our last spot. Oh, and I did use Sergio at Travelers. Okay. I don't mind Henley. I'm actually quite optimistic on Henley this year. I just think with the floor of the ball striking, he's gained strokes putting every single time he's been there. I, I don't think we've seen his best golf. I could play Henley. Is he even ranked in the top 50? It's got to be, right? Although some of it, he's like, his, his close calls, he ends up fading to like 15th. So he, like, he, doesn't even get, he doesn't even get the points for being, you know, third at the U.S. Open because he falls to 15th or whatever. His official world golf ranking is 60th. So he falls just outside my list. All right, I'm going to plug him in. It's the last one. It's a small, it's a small field or a small purse. He's played well here before. I'm going to go with Russell Henley, and then we will look at this. Uh, we will look at this here together. All right. So I've never, um, I've never done this before <laughs> in this way where I've recorded it and kind of figured it all out on the spot. Usually I kind of take a couple days or even a couple weeks to, to figure this out. The caveats are obviously, we have no idea if these guys are going to play these events, but pretty good guess. I'll keep track of this throughout the year. Um, and you know what, maybe I'll even, uh, I'll share this Google doc in the description so that you can see it. And then as, if I remember, as the events go on, I'll, I'll update it here. But here's where we're at. Uh, I don't know if I have to go through all of these together, but no, I'm not going to read through all these. The good and bad news of this. So good news is I used every single golfer who's currently in the official world golf rankings top 20. The best ranked golfer I didn't use was Terrell Hatton, who, listen, you're going to get the upside. There's a lot of volatility. I love the guy. I just couldn't find a spot for him. Uh, I did not use Cam Smith. I think I'm fine with that. I didn't use Patrick Reed. That might be a whiff. I didn't use Kevin Na. Again, Kevin Na, unfortunately, his best spots are also in the fall. So I might have just whiffed on two guys with a lot of win equity, but that's okay. Matthew Wolf, I did use, so I can cross that one out. I didn't use Wills Altoris. Um, that is probably a mistake. And it is probably, like, what's interesting about Zalatoris is he's really good kind of everywhere. I, there's not, like, natural fits for him. I didn't use Max Homa. Probably a mistake. I worry about that. That's probably it about the guys I worry about. Homa and, and Zalatoris, I think, worry me that I didn't use. Could I go back and change them somewhere? Sure. But I think the good news is I've got uh, my best players obviously playing in the highest purses. I feel underexposed on Patrick Cantlay, although I did move him up to the match play, so I guess not anymore, but that was me 
panicking and putting one of the best players in the most volatile tournament, which you probably shouldn't be doing. Speed at the Open Championship could go horribly wrong, and maybe playing him at something safer like an event in Texas would have been better, but this is a little that's a little bit risky. Otherwise, I'm okay with this. Louis at Phoenix is probably uh, considerably considerably off the wall, but I think that's okay. It will be a little bit different there because we did take like three or four, maybe five, maybe not five, defending champions, which um, they will be popular as well. We used Rom at the BMW Championship. Again, might be a mistake. You can just, it's, it's such splitting hairs between these golfers at the top. And in this moment, it feels weird. And in six months, you know, because look, this U.S. Open is not until June. Six months out, seven months out. Um, who knows what the state of Brooks's game is going to be? Who, who knows if it matters? Who knows what the state of Dustin Johnson's game is going to be? Should I have used Morikawa at a major? Should I have used Rory at a major? There's only four majors. Could I have used Victor higher? Probably. So I don't know if I'll ever find a combination that I really love. But I think this one at least makes sense. There is a player who is either very valuable and likely to be in the top five of the betting odds in every single spot, at least for the big ones. And then also there is, uh, if that's not the case, there's a player who at least has uh, good history at that spot. So I, I think all in all, I've done an okay job. I've done an okay job. We'll find out. We'll find out. It was a fun exercise. It's hard. It's hard to do. Uh, let me know what you think. Tweet me at Rick Rungood what you would switch, what you would change, who I left out, who you would have put in, or maybe vice versa. You can leave a comment below. But best of luck. I hope you enjoyed. Talk to you guys soon.